Hello and welcome to Comic Book Herald's Creanitators. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. Thanks for joining today, Ryan Estrada. I'm very excited to talk to you about Band Book Club, as well as your other works. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm doing excellent. Glad to hear it. Now, if I have this correct, when we were talking initially about setting this up, you were planning a bike ride across the entirety of Korea, South Korea. Do I have, am I way off on that or did that no, just happen? You got it. That just, uh, that just finished, uh, just finished How'd it last go? week. It was really good. It was very hot. It was, uh, the, like the, the hottest heat wave in Korea in 111 years, which oh I didn't goodness. know. Uh, I didn't know that when I was planning the trip, it just kind of was a last minute <laughs> surprise. Yeah. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, during the day, I'd have to, like, let's just stop for five hours so I don't die. And yeah. then, uh, uh-huh. you know, ride a little bit more at night. But I made it. See, Korea Korea's kind of set up this thing where um, they've hidden, like, these, they look like TARDISes, like these phone booths across the country. It's hmm. places that are only accessible by bike, and there's, like, hundreds of them. And they have, you can get a little stamp in your passport, and if you collect them all, they give you a medal. Oh, interesting. That's kind of a fun bonus mm-hmm. so, so how close are you to the medal or did you uh, well, I, I got there's there's three medals i got the cross-country medal uh on this last trip and now uh now i'm i'm about i got like three more trips until i can get the the full been everywhere in korea by bike medal amazing hopefully uh, fewer heat waves on the on mm-hmm. the accumulation of the rest of those medals very cool Indeed. well what we're going to talk about uh is is your comics work here particularly band book club uh, this is an Eisner-nominated memoir of early 80s South Korea based on uh, your wife's real-life experiences of college protests, you know, authoritarian regimes, and fighting for freedom. So let's dig into that. Uh, So you you have a fair amount of comics experience heading into Band Book Club, right? That is something that you're familiar with. As co-writer on the project, what do you think your experience brought to the table that allowed band book club or like that you were able to then turn this memoir turn these histories and these memories into something so concise like what what about your experience had prepared you for this moment yeah well me uh my wife and i are just complete opposites on the comic making spectrum where Mm -hmm. i was like making comics as a baby and pitching them to newspapers when i was six like Mm -hmm. she it was just something she never considered she had zero interest in and then I like when we got the offer from the publisher to make the book. I'm like, you want to write a comic? She's like, oh, why? <laughs> but um, you know, I I kind of was able to guide her along, having you know made comics for decades. Um, you know, kind of teach her how how it works, what the process is, and basically our process was just, uh, you know, I would talk to her, figure out what the stories were what things we would want to include, what things I needed to know more about. She would go out and do the interviews, talk to all the old members of her book club, uh, talk to old teachers, old classmates, and uh, answer questions I had. Then I would uh, just kind of retell the story in comic format, then show it to her and just kind of go back and forth. So the, you know, the writing the, the comic and panels was my job, and her job was building the story and figuring out all of that. So it was kind of a an interesting teamwork uh, with someone who has been making comics since they were a baby and someone who uh, is a a reluctant uh, Eisner-nominated comic author now. Yeah, yeah. 
It's pretty amazing. So yeah, this work came out through Iron Circus Comics. Um, it tells this this pretty, I think for myself and I think probably for a lot of American and, and frankly just non-Korean readers, is a history that is uh, definitely overshadowed or overlooked a lot of times just in terms of as recently as the early 80s, you know, basically, yeah, literal books being banned in the banned book club as well as just all of what that entails in terms of, you know, kind of hiding histories in these authoritarian regimes that are not allowing for certain, um, you know, ways of thinking, ways of speaking and, and protests and all that stuff. And it kind of comes to a head at, at college protests, as we so often see um, across the world. And obviously there's a, not obviously, but there are a many, many, I would say, frightening parallels to what we're seeing across the world, uh, whether you're in the U.S. or, or in all sorts of other places as well. Um, before we get into sort of the, the themes of the work and that history, how how is producing this work impacted your relationship because uh, i saw in some interviews that like you didn't really know this part of your wife's life um that she was a part of this band book club and kind of this resistance movement in south korea during this really tumultuous time um what is what has changed for the both of you kind of as you were working on it and then since the release yeah i had no idea about any of this and it's not because she was keeping it secret it was just because she's like you know Oh, why, why would I want to talk about that? It's, it's kind of like I, I've said before, it's kind of like how um, every one of us now has a story about living through a pandemic. And mm-hmm. to anyone from like five years ago, this would be an amazing story, like sci- sci-fi story no one would believe. But now, mm-hmm. like if you wrote a book about living through a pandemic, everybody would be like, yeah, so I, we all did that. So right. to her, it was just something she didn't talk about because that was just life. And it just casually came up one day. And then I just got the barest bones of it. She was in a band book club and was interrogated by the police. I tweeted about that. We got offered the book deal. And then I'm like, do you think there's enough to make a book out of it? And she's like, I don't know. And then every time I talked to her, she'd tell me new things. And I'm like, wait, what? That happened? Wait, what? And then it just kept expanding uh, into the story. I just learned so much about her. Um, And it's been amazing in our relationship just... uh, you know, for going from comics being my thing to being our thing. It's a thing we did together. We're, we're now, like now, uh, she's also uh, an award-winning author. She is also, you know, represented by William Morris. Uh, we're, we have more uh, books coming out together. And um, it's amazing, you know, just from it being like this dorky thing her husband does in his room that she doesn't understand to like now she's, it's us doing it. So it's pretty cool. That's cool. That's really nice. Uh, what you mentioned, some other things that you're working on. Can you talk about sort of what those types of projects are and, and what people have to look forward to if they're a fan of Band Book Club? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have. Uh, it, it, nothing's been announced yet, so I can't give too specific of details, but we're, we're working on a follow up to Band Book Club that has a lot more of the stories uh, that we, we couldn't fit into Band Book Club from all our research and everything. And it yeah. kind of centers around uh, uh, an annual trip that her. her class would take so it's kind of like in band book club like there's this one little uh little side little story in the middle where they take a a trip to the park and it's just kind of like a lot quieter and like personal and we're kind of expanding something like that into a whole book where it's just a a story of trying to live an ordinary life during these tumultuous times Hmm. interesting interesting well we have that to look forward to um i i imagine that will be with iron circus still uh, no, we have our, our next book is coming out from a different publisher. We have an, a gotcha. lot of other things coming out from Iron Circus, but we got a, we're working on a lot of different things. 
Sure. Yeah. No. Not not too unusual in the comic circuit. Um, so as far as the the content of Band Book Club goes, I'm curious. There there are a lot of political and and social parallels. You know, like I was saying, with these sort of secret true histories that have been hidden. You know, history and ideas that are too dangerous um, to teach. You know, that's something that comes up over and over again these days. Especially, I think you know we see uh, critical race theory constantly in the news in the states in terms of just like individuals uh, particularly conservative party not really willing or or having any interest in talking about even admitting you know any of the faults right that america might have in terms of the way it's treated um black americans over time as you've been talking with you know schools and and reading clubs and groups of people reading bamboo club what kind of outcomes and what kind of conversations do you find are, are recurring the most and you know are does it seem like because it seems like an obvious thing, I suppose, that like things books should not be banned, right? Like that's the mm-hmm. level of freedom that most people would want. What is, what are you hearing from like the circuit you've been running in terms of interviews, in terms of book clubs you're invited to, all that stuff? Yeah, I think a lot of people are kind of realizing, uh, and that we realized as we were making it, how timely this book was. Like when we first mm-hmm. started working on it, it's like, I don't know, it's this little bit of history that people might be interested in. And then as we were in the years we worked on it, like all of the things in the book started, you know, history started repeating itself again. And like lines of dialogue I wrote would be spoken by someone in, on the news. And I'd be like, uh, wow, this is all happening again. Like in all the same, you know, people were like, wow, they banned books in, in Korea in the 80s. And it's like, wow, they're doing that right now. Like school districts are saying you can't teach this. Teachers are having to talk about like. Oh, you know whether they'll go to jail or or teach about the history of race in America. Um, yeah. I've actually been offering. No one's taken me up on it yet, but I've been offering teachers. Uh, if there's anything you're not allowed to talk about in class, invite me as a guest uh, um, speaker for free on Zoom, and I'll just say whatever you want to say, and then you can hang up and be like, "Oh, these authors! I I had no idea he would say that." <laughs> um, yeah. Can't control artists. Yeah, because it's it, it's just weird that you know. Since I started working on this, I've realized that it's it's happening again in America. And like, what's interesting about Korea is because they've been through all of this and such, you know, and in the in this matter of decades, like uh, you know, they were dealing with uh, Japanese imperialism where they were not allowed to speak their own language, they were not allowed to use their own names, they had to learn Japanese, they had to use Japanese names that were given to them. They escaped that, and then there was the Korean War, and then everybody scrambling for power and dictators trying to take over and after that so they've dealt with so much of this that now like the harder parts of their history are are um they're always talked about like there's a lot of movies about that period and people are just so uh used to like the lessons that they've learned that now korea has i think three uh recent former presidents in jail now because now Mm. it's just like they're like we're onto this. We know we know what you guys do. We know we know where this leads. So if someone starts yeah. getting a little bit iffy, they're like, send him to jail. Nope, you weren't supposed to do that. Send him to jail. Yeah, remove him that from office. A, yeah, that was such a promising note that Band Book Club ends on. Again, as someone just totally ignorant of even just the contemporary history of Korea, where you kind of talk how exactly what you just said, where things come full circle. You're sort of going back down the path, or Korea is going back down the path of, I think it was the literal daughter of one of the dictators had now been elected president, but was taking similar tax. Yeah. And then that person was actually impeached. And I, I I don't know if they're jailed or not, but they were they were kicked out of right. office. She's in jail. Okay. 
Yeah, and it was like it was so as as in America where we can't get to that level. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with the way things are going, it was this very like hopeful thing for me as a reader. Where I was like, oh, that's that's amazing. They actually went through with it um, yeah. because of because of the lessons they learned because of what you just said that they're like, oh, we know what you're doing. We're not going to allow that to happen again. That's good. <laughs> it seems. Yeah, like. and it's like the the weird thing about it is that it was much harder than it it would be in America because, you know, when they were trying to like build a democracy in the ashes of like all these dictators, like that happened so fast that like in the constitution, there was not even any explanation of how that would work. Like after they voted to impeach, they're like, now can we actually do that? How do we do that? There's no rules or regulations for how to get that done. So they voted to Mm -hmm. impeach. And then the Supreme court had to like vote on like, if that's allowed and how they would do it. And everybody's like, well, now we got a big hurdle because, she put all of most of the Supreme Court in their positions, yeah. uh, but the the people were just so adamant about it that they're like, okay, fine, fine, all right. Even though she gave us our job, we'll impeach her, put her in prison, fine. Yeah, that part of it's that part of it's totally amazing to me, just on a contemporary politics standpoint that they that the the voice of the people was heard in such a way. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome, and I think that's definitely one of the lessons of this work um in in interviews i've seen previously as the book was launching you you mentioned that you read all of the banned books you know all the books that are referenced here as part of the research process um what stood out to you as some of the most essential or kind of the ones that you've been that have resonated the most with you as the as some time has passed after the books come out yeah i I don't know what's essential because the 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 important what's important to me about reading banned books or reading a wide variety of things is to just to get completely different uh, opinions uh so not a lot of things that i did not necessarily that i agreed with all of these things but uh one of my favorites was uh i think it's called two treatises of government by john locke Mm. that was uh one of the banned books not just because it talks a lot about politics and they don't want people talking talking politics but like i love that one some of these books i love just because they when you start reading they seem so dry and then that book by John Locke, he's just so sassy. Like, it's just him, like, <laughs> it's just him, like, uh, arg- having arguments in his head with people he doesn't like. And he'll, yeah. like, like he's arguing with things that I don't even know what he's responding to. It's something some politician of the day said. And he'll right. go, like, word for word, like, okay, let me move to the next sentence. This is why you're wrong about this. And he'll do, like, ten pages about how stupid this guy is that I have no yeah. idea who he is. But it's funny. It, I, it read like a comedy because it's just a really good writer. Like, okay, you here's one paragraph of stupid things you said. I'm going to spend 50 pages talking about why it's stupid. <laughs> right, yeah. No, it sounds a lot like uh, like Hamilton in a lot of ways, you know, the way they yeah, described him in yeah, the musical. Um, or, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, cool, cool. No, it's really fun. I This book is it, it's, it's so timely. It's really incredible. But it's also it's kind of part of a movement of um, – Korean comics rising in popularity, you know, these, mm-hmm. these works that are either discussing, um, you know, actual Korean history or from Korean creators. And uh, I was reading an article, it's recently, and I think, uh, I think you shared it, actually, I saw it on your Twitter mm-hmm. timeline from Publishers Weekly, and this is inclusive of Bam Book Club. What do you think is making kind of this moment um, such a strong cultural moment for these works um, about or from um, Korean creators? I think uh, it's just a combination of a, a lot of interesting people doing amazing work. Like uh, Robin Ha is a Korean-American creator, uh, did Almost American Girl. You have a lot of other, you have Oma's Table, you have Grass, th- just these really 
amazing books. And then also just, um, you know, Korean culture is very popular around the world. You got your BTS, you got uh, Bong Joon-ho, and a lot of these creators that people kind of have been sleeping on because they were set aside in another country. And now, like, people are realizing all the cool stuff coming out of Korea that kind of comics is, is getting that extra bump. Um, like, yeah. I've been very excited about people discovering Korean movies because, like, I, since I first came to Korea in 2002, it was amazing, like, discovering this whole new history of film that kind yeah. of, um, uh, you know, especially... Korean film like around the 2000s was just such an interesting place where they would take like the genre conventions of American movies but like make a movie like like one of my favorite genres in Korean cinema is the I call it the but with a dork movie where they'll Mm -hmm. be like this is uh you know under siege 2 but with a dork like instead of um (laughs) instead of a guy who's prepared for every situation here's a guy who's not prepared for anything is really bad at the job and he does it anyway Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of movies like that and uh and people would i was always evangelical about trying to get people to watch them and now people are kind of discovering that korea has all these things that are uh kind of in genres we enjoy like that are not like artsy but like blockbustery but do interesting things in new ways and people are kind of discovering that in movies and music and comics and all of these things yeah yeah no it's awesome it's a i think untapped for some audiences but obviously like great work that has been there the whole time and now there's this whole canon that people can dive into and and get to enjoy fresh which is which is always exciting um on the on the non band book club side of things you know you're like you said your comics creator has been doing this for a long time um you've also had recent work like student ambassador um which is a really enjoyable um you know all ages young readers kind of work is that for you is that a an area you'd like to concentrate more or like to sort of continue keeping like works coming in in terms of that all ages work because your your work is very diverse you know you've done a a lot a lot of comics um but student ambassador seemed like maybe it it was the start of sort of a like solidifying an angle for you or or am i off on that yeah i love um you know we're we're working on another student ambassador book now and i'd love to keep making many many more of them uh yeah i i like to work on wildly different things um one of the reasons i like didn't make money in comics for like decades is that like i everything i pitched to agents like no no agent would talk to me because they'd be like what are you working on next i'm like oh i'm working on this thing for kids i'm working on this the ya thing i'm working on this thing for adults and like they'd be like yeah you can't do that and i'm like i mean i can't do it like you can't you can't you, you choose one audience like if you make a comic for you know middle school boys your next book is for middle school boys and book after that is for middle school boys like yeah. the the people I happened to be talking to then kept saying things like that to me, and so I'm just like I guess I just can't make money because my brain doesn't work that way. Like I can't do mm-hmm. the same thing. Like I I don't understand. You know I understand. I I can't be the person who like here's my set of characters. I'm just gonna do issues of that for the next ten years. Um, and now uh, I I have uh, an amazing uh, agent that is like. You know, I, I got I got scared to tell her all the things I'm working on, and then I told her she's like, "Yeah, you can. Why not?" I'm like, "I'm allowed to do that." She's like, "Yeah, you can make whatever you want." So now I love being able to move between like the adult world, the YA world, the 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 kids world, and just I all the stories I write, the target audience is me. Um, 
I just make the things that I like reading, uh, and I guess they get marketed to, you know, kids, YA, whatever. Um, like, yeah. Student Ambassador was originally written uh, decades ago for uh, a site that doesn't exist anymore called Graphic Smash that was, like, action comics for adults. Mm-hmm. And uh, then when I decided to make it a kid's comic, like, I barely changed anything. Uh, <laughs> and now it's considered a kid's comic. So it's yeah. just kind of... Uh, I, you know, my brain has diverse interests, and so some of them are easier to market to kids, some of them easy to market to YA, but I hope that all my books are uh, accessible to anyone. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, I love that. I And I think accessibility definitely is the theme that runs through some of your works. I mean, very popularized is the, I don't know if it's 15 minutes, but the, the short, you know, learn to read yeah. Korean webcomic that you've done. Um, there's been passed around a ton. You know, I read through it. It's it's excellent. It's teaching. Is there, um, I guess, is there sort of an uh, is there an interest that you have in terms of experimenting with the form as well um, throughout your career? Like in terms of, I guess, how how excited are you to try like totally new things? You know, in terms of like, hey, this doesn't have to be the standard twenty two page print comic. Like this can be whatever shape and size that I make it. Like where does that inspiration come from? I suppose. Yeah, I love experimenting. I love doing new things, and especially when it works for a project. Like, not just saying I would love to do um, this experiment for the purpose of the experiment, but like my 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 thing is, if you're doing experimental stuff, then what do you do with the conclusion, and can you use it to tell an interesting story? Mm-hmm. Um, you know that it's you know some of my stuff uh, when I was just making comics online. I didn't have to worry about a page count. I didn't have to worry about a format. I could just be like, this is what works for the story I'm telling. And uh, just try and, and break things and do whatever works to get this story or this idea across. Like, um, learn to read Korean in 15 minutes. Uh, you know, it's, I guess it's a comic. It's more of an infographic, but I kind of, you know, sure. because I'm a cartoonist, it looks like a comic. It, I just didn't really think about what I was making. Just this is the easiest way to get this knowledge out. I just uh, I made that just because I kept having to teach people on napkins uh, how to read Korean, and I'm like, I'm sick of drawing on napkins. I'm just going to make this so that yeah, I if someone asks me in a bar, I can just get their phone and type it in and sit here. Just take this lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did not expect it to go incredibly viral and be shared hundreds of millions of times when I forgot to put my name on it and like have a, um, <laughs> and have a, uh, bootleg restaurant in China themed around it. I found out. Really? They're, That's fascinating. Yeah. How was it themed around it? Someone sent me, uh, photographs of a bootleg learn to read Korean in 15 minutes, uh, restaurant. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Uh, so, it, how familiar are you with the um, the Substack news that came out in uh, the, the kind of like some of the American comics creators the last couple of days? I've seen the word Substack a lot on Twitter. I have no idea what it is or what's going on. <laughs> okay, I was going to ask you kind of what your thoughts were in terms yeah. of that as like a distribution medium. Essentially, it's a bunch of high profile kind of you know big two comics creators: James Tynion the Fourth, Jonathan Hickman. Um, some others are going to be releasing comics with Substack, and basically it's email newsletters. But it sounds like they've got a, they've got some, some money to throw mm-hmm. towards creators. And I was, I was wondering what you thought about that in terms of distribution. Um, but on a, a broader topic, then, um, for like Band Book Club, for example, 
I guess what uh what has been the response? What has been the reception and sort of how things have changed like after the Eisner nomination? Like is that something where you've seen like a big uptick in interest um, from a lot of people, or like what has kind of been the the reaction from from your camp since that happened? Yeah, uh, it's it's been really inter- interesting. The Eisner nomination was interesting for me, especially, like I said, because my wife and I are so wildly different. Like for me, an Eisner nomination is something that like I've known about since I was a baby. And like, yeah. could that ever happen to me? And my wife, like the first 20 times we talked about it, every time I'd have to remind her what an Eisner was. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely uh, opened some doors. Uh you know, like I talked about the new book we have coming out, um, the band book club follow up before that, uh, I've been working with my agent on a completely different book pitch that I spent three months working on a pitch for developing and, uh, writing a script and doing sample pages. And then it was just about to go out to publishers. And then we found out about the Eisner nomination. And then that weekend I quickly put together a pitch for a sequel. I've been thinking about wanting to do the sequel, but not necessarily as my next book. And um, I'm like, oh, why don't you send this out too? And she and the agent's like, well, this is what we're sending out. And like immediately we had uh, offers on it. So it was interesting yeah. being able to just be like, you know, have that big profile uh, on our book to just kind of get people interested in, in uh, not just, you know, uh, reading our book, but hearing more from that world. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, very cool. No, that's awesome. So what else is next from you? I know you said, you know, there's some things you can't or that haven't been announced. You can't necessarily talk about, but what kind of what kind of projects, what kind of stories, what types of things are you looking at? Well, uh, we still uh, have a couple more books coming out from Iron Circus that I have other uh, artists working on right now. We have a kind of band book club follow up uh, called Occulted. That is the true story of a friend of mine who grew up uh, in a cult. Uh, it was during the same era and just down the road uh, from Heaven's Gate and about how she used uh, banned book clubs to learn every or banned books. There was like a secret library she was not allowed to go in that she hmm. snuck into and learned everything she needed to escape. Um, we have that coming out soon. Uh, our student ambassador follow-up is called uh, Student Ambassador of the Silver City. Uh, it's about uh, the characters going to Zacatecas, Mexico for more adventures um and then yeah i have a couple more uh collaborations with hyunsuk coming up of more uh stories about uh korea and more adventures sure keep them busy then sounds like yeah plenty coming out good that's awesome um what else if you had to uh recommend anything uh that you've been reading or been enjoying doesn't have to be comics um that you've been into lately what would you recommend people check out let me think. Um, I think well, since we're talking about the uh, the kind of Korean wave and interest in uh, Korean things, uh, there's a book that I really recommend called a Kim Jong Il production. It's not a comic; okay. it's a novel or it's a you know nonfiction, um, and it is a the true story of how uh, Kim Jong Il. At one point, he was just complaining that he didn't know why South Korean movies were uh, better than North Korean movies because he's a big movie fan. And, you know, forgetting the fact that he has banned them, like, you know, no one else is allowed to watch movies but him, um, or international movies. So he had his favorite uh, director and actor kidnapped and -hmm. brought to him, and he forced them to make a rubber suit monster movie. 
where he he got the guys who made the Godzilla costume to make him a costume, and yeah. for like and also they were like divorced, and he like he just like he's playing with dolls. He's like, hey, guess what? You live here now. You're gonna get married again because I ship you, and also you're gonna make me this Godzilla knockoff. And it's a completely true story, and yeah. it has like everything you could ever imagine about like the. Um, like it's this insane like spy story it's this like filmmaking comedy it's like this thing that'll teach you about how like how movies and politics go hand in hand and it's a fascinating book yeah that is so absurd but that is that sounds like an amazing read like that would be uh tremendous okay a kim jong-il production definitely got to check that one out uh where should people look for you where where's the best place to find you and your work uh, if you go to ryanestrada.com, there's links to everything I've done. A lot of it you can just check out for free right now. And uh, some mm-hmm. of the more recent books, it'll give you links to where to find those. Cool. Cool. This all sounds good. All right, Ryan. Uh, thanks so much for hopping on. It was a pleasure talking to you. Again, mm-hmm. I think people should definitely check out Band Book Club if you haven't already. We'll include links here in the show notes um, as well as to some of your other works. But otherwise, if there's not um, anything else that you want to plug, uh, thanks for hopping on. And, and it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for having me.